LinkedIn presents. But we look at it from a different approach. It's not like, hey, children, you all have to grow up and work. It's more of, you know, hey, children, we're going to build this, you know, I'm going to call it empire or conglomerate, or we like to say the house of Owens. We're going to build this house. And now once you become young adults, you're not out there looking for a job and begging someone, you know, for a salary or trying to, you know, get something. They may go off and work, which we think is good because they'll acquire other skills. But your long term goal is to take this family's portfolio and then grow it. And we talk about that now like their kids you know you are going to want one day have kids and do you know do you want them to kind of struggle like most people do where they're you know maybe only have a high school diploma or even a college degree but they still cannot find a good job or they cannot find their passion and i was telling them like coming to be a part of family business isn't just working in schools you can branch out and do whatever you want but we want you to think of it from an ownership perspective nice. so you may want to go do you know sports or whatever it may be but think of acquisition acquire it bring it into the portfolio and then you can only leverage it. You know, if we were to grow this thing to as big as we want, which I won't get too audacious here, but for small numbers, let's say we were to grow it to like a hundred billion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. They can let numbers. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Welcome to Entrepreneur Struggle, where each week we talk to founders and freelancers about their journey, creating and scaling up their business. My name is Chris Colbert, and I'm the founder and CEO of the media company DCP Entertainment as well as the video and podcast recording space, Podstream Studios, Times Square. This season, we are part of the LinkedIn Podcast Academy. So make sure to check out our show notes for information about our weekly newsletter and live events. In this conversation, I'm talking to Cecily and Najee Owens. As you heard, this husband and wife pairing is creating a family legacy that is currently centered around the Decatur Montessori School. As we talked, I learned about how their experiences running separate companies help them see the value in buying existing businesses as opposed to starting them from scratch, and how that strategy comes with its own set of challenges, including learning how to run that particular business on the fly, constantly questioning your choices along the way, and learning that it's okay to not have all the answers. A lot of what this couple does is centered around family. So we start with what led them to taking on their first family business. The wife and I, we had a beautiful baby girl and we were looking for uh, childcare options for her. And during that time, we came across the Montessori uh, philosophy. And at that time, we couldn't afford it, but it was something that kind of stuck in our mind. Um, So fast forward, we got a little more successful in our careers. Uh, We've done some real estate investing, you know, kind of sales and marketing, different things like that. And kind of during the pandemic, sitting at home, we were thinking like, you know, what what do we do now? Right. As as everybody's kind of figuring out who they are. And uh, we started looking for child care centers to now own. And a Montessori uh, came across our table again. And we just fell in love, like with the philosophy and how they follow the child and how they teach these young uh, children to become lifelong learners. Um, so it was kind of a mixture of a business need, but also, you know, kind of a purpose that we've always been interested in. Yeah. So tell me a little bit more about that difference between a Montessori school and say like a public school or something like that. Yeah. Okay. I'll maybe start and I'll let the wife jump in. Um, but one of the core things that I really like about Montessori is there's no homework, there's no grades and there's no test. 
Yet there are tons of scientific uh, research that shows that uh, this form of education outpaces, you know, anyone that's out there specifically, you know, for the for the early child. And uh, it was founded by Maria Montessori kind of in the early 1900s. And her her philosophy is she focuses on the child. You'll kind of hear us say that a lot. Um, And then maybe I'll let the wife kind of explain like um, some of the things that they do in the class with the mixed age groups. Yeah. So similar to what Najee was saying, um, well, actually, if I may, I kind of want to go back and piggyback on why we got started. Um, One of the things that we did while the pand during the pandemic, which I think a lot of people did, was we started our own businesses. You know, um, I happened to get into you know we lost our jobs. I happened to get into the nail space because it was a need. So I started getting creative doing nails and doing jewelry. But you know that just wasn't sustainable. Um, myself and my husband tried to start many businesses, and you know they always failed. So no, my husband's very knowledgeable. He is like an avid book reader. And, you know, he came up with this idea and said, you know, instead of starting a business, why don't we buy one? Hence, that's really where it started. Um, But going back to what our school does is we focus on the child's independence. And we also have mixed age groups. So independence, doing things for yourselves, our kids are very, um, you know, they do things like when they they put out their own food, they, you know, we don't set up their lunch. They, we teach them how to set up their own lunches. We teach them different things like how to clean up after yourself. We teach them, you know, business concepts and how to, you know, start a business. Um, and, and they actually run it. It's really, really awesome. And then another thing that we have was we teach them leadership and being able to serve. So we have mixed age groups. And what's great about that is that, you know, when you come in, you're young and you're actually looking up to those kids that are older than you. So like we have a classroom that's three to six years old. So those three-year-olds are looking up to those six-year-olds. And what's awesome about that is that those six-year-olds are becoming leaders and, mm-hmm. you know, they are helping the younger students and the teacher is not really teaching. They're more so kind of stepping back and guiding and it's just, it's really amazing to see the philosophy kind of work within itself. It's great. Yeah. So it's really like, it really boils down to the empowerment of the children, not only for their own well-being, but also as they're, sounds like they're also helping teach each other. Yes. Absolutely. Yep. One hundred percent. And just back up a little bit, you know, how long have you all been together? Ooh, um, I feel like. <laughs> I didn't mean to surprise you with that one. I don't want to get somebody in trouble. <laughs> put out the wrong, wrong gate. It's like I'm the, I'm the wife and I'm supposed to remember, but surprisingly, I don't. I would say we've probably been together about 15, 16 years, give or take. Oh, we've been married for going on four. Nice. Congratulations on that. And you. so you also mentioned like you've created other businesses before. What were some of those other businesses and like at what stage of your guys' relationship did, did you all do that? Yeah. So um, I think I've always wanted to try to start something or have my own. So You know, I personally, we were, we did our separate things. So my husband was an avid real estate investor and, you know, he would do a lot of flips and a lot of high end, he would sell a lot of high end luxury real estate. Uh, Myself, I've started a t-shirt business. I've started a clothing business. You know, I was trying to dibble and dabble in it all. You know, our real estate did sustain and it and it held us over well. And we, you know, we do still like to be in real estate, but it really, for myself personally, 
you know, my businesses came and gone, you know, really fast. <laughs> and, you know, it takes those, you know, they were failures, but I appreciate them because without them, you know, I never, or, you know, Najee watching me never would have said, okay, you know what, this is just not working. We have to do something different. Yeah. And then one cool thing was kind of during the pandemic, or we were just sitting around having extra time. The wife came to me and she was like, why are we, you know, working on two separate businesses, although we're one? And then, you know, maybe elaborate on kind of how that yeah. came up with that. So we um, one thing we love to do is, uh, well, during the pandemic, it was it was a tough time for everybody. Right. Mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So one of the things that we did was we had to step away and just get out of our space. So, you know, it was kind of in the midst of the pandemic. We just grabbed everything that we could and we just hightailed to Florida um, so we can kind of get around some water and kind of clear clear our heads and think. And that's when we came up with the, it really was a grand idea of us, you know, going forward after 2020, we're going to come together and work together as, you know, partners. And that's really where it all came down to. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So it's almost like you needed like a, a physical manifestation of like resetting your energy just to kind of, all right, let, let's figure out what's next. Yeah. So that's kind of what Florida was for you? Yes, yeah. yes. And what we like to do now um, coming from that is we have what we call halftime breaks. So every year, sometime in the summer, we'd say about six months in, in between the year, we take a trip and it's typically to Florida because we love the sun and we love the water. Uh, and uh, we'll go to halftime break. And what we do is we recap. We look at uh, the previous six months uh, and kind of our goals and which ones we have accomplished. And then also we look at the re- remainder of the six years and what we need to do, you know, if we're behind or if we're ahead to kind of catch up. So that's something uh, now that we do every year. And as you probably know, it's uh, about that time. So we'll be taking a halftime break soon. We're looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, that's nice. I, I like that philosophy, though. It's like this set time to make sure that you're keeping that energy going. You're, you're ideating on the new things and not just getting stuck in what you're already doing. Yeah, yeah that sounds really smart. And the fact that you're doing it together, too, I'm sure there's some nice relaxation, but I'm sure you're carving out that, you know, that work uh, ideation time at the same time. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's rewarding yourself. You know, a lot of a lot of us entrepreneurs, we are just going and going and going and you never stop to just say, OK, let me just take a step back. Let me breathe. Let me just, you know, give my mind a break because, my gosh, it's so needed. I, I would say being an entrepreneur, you often feel like you're alone in this. You know, and you never take the time to just say, okay, you know, let me applaud myself for the things that I've done. So another thing that we like to do is we have poster boards like, you know, we have poster boards in our room. They're plastered everywhere. And we list off, you know, these are the goals that we want to accomplish this year. We do that the first of the year. And then we have another poster board to list accomplishments. And, you know, we love to, we love making a list and scratching things off. So all those are just little tiny things that we do to kind of keep ourselves going. But that halftime break is that break to, you know, just reevaluate, realign ourselves, just take a break. You know, we, we made some mistakes. There were things that we wanted to do that didn't get done. Maybe there's things that get caught that we don't want to do anymore. You know, it's just a moment of like honest self-reflection. Are these lessons that you feel that you've learned just from doing those other businesses? And and are there other ones that have kind of helped you now with the Montessori school? Yeah, I think, um, well, I'll say this. I think with the many failed businesses that I personally have had, I'm always 
it's weird to say, but I guess I'm kind of like a fan of, of failure in its own way. You know, I like to take a look at the, at the lesson. Like, okay, so what, let's just take a step back here and what went wrong. You never want to know what you did wrong and you definitely don't like it when it's going on at the moment, but you know, you learn so much. So if you could just be a, always be a student, which I think me and Najee live by as well. So, you know, it's just, it's just always recapping yourself yeah. to move forward. Yeah. And I would say some of those uh, kind of startup businesses that we had uh, similar to what the wife was saying in those, we learned to kind of like fail fast. So if you're doing something that's not working, it's okay to say it's not working. And I think during that time of uh, starting businesses, we found out that we don't like starting businesses. We would rather acquire them. Yeah. <laughs> One of the big differences we always say is when you start a business, your very first day starting, you have zero customers. And now it's your responsibility, you know, grow your customer base. You got to do marketing. You got to do so much stuff all by your uh, by yourself. But when you acquire a business, someone else has already put in that infrastructure, the sales, they got the goodwill, they have the customers. And on day one, you know, if you buy right, you typically already have customers. So I think that was our biggest learning lesson from starting businesses. We don't start them anymore. Now we we acquire them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, so with the Decatur Montessori School, was that in a situation where they were looking to try to sell or you really pursued it and and convinced them to sell? Because I would assume that if they're looking to sell, maybe there were some things that weren't necessarily going so well for them. Um, Yeah. yeah, What was that process for you? Yeah. So they were looking to sell. Um, We lucked up because they were older. Um, They actually come from another country. So they were just ready to go back to their country and also retire. Um, but you are right. There were some things uh, in the business that uh, needed some fixing, we would say, or some love. So that was kind of a, a, a positive for both of us. They were ready to move on, but we also can get it at a good price, which matters, you know, in business. Yeah. So it was kind of like a, a, a good situation for both parties. Yeah. Were there some challenges early on? Because I feel like you you mentioned that you acquired it around COVID. So I'm sure there were, there were you know things that were tied to COVID, but maybe some other items that that were some challenges that you guys had to kind of figure out. Oh my goodness! The day I stepped into that school, I was like, "What did I get myself into?" <laughs> <laughs> I I bought a school during COVID, the worst time when schools are shutting down left and right. Right. It it's it's one of those things where it's like, all right. I got to grip my teeth and I just have to show up every day and figure it out. I literally went, you know, you want to think long term because I think, you know, when you're a when you're the CEO or you're the owner of a of a company, big school or whatever it is that you own, you always want to look at the big picture and not have to pretty much do the day to day. You know, it was to our understanding that the day to day was fine. But when you're in the midst of covid like we were you have to you have to drill, go down you have to focus on the day to day so we dealt with many class closures and we had no clue none of us had no clue what we were doing if you know one per you know we we had to open up the school we were lucky because in the area that we serve we serve you know a lot of the hospital and and the CDC um, who was headquartered in Atlanta where we're located in a lot of our you know, customers were from there. So we had to open because we were deemed essential. Because of that, though, whenever a child or a parent would contract COVID, the entire classroom had to shut down. And we dealt with this over and over and over again. And it's, it's tough. It's challenging, especially because, you know, we're in a situation where you don't know what you're doing, and you have to almost create 
protocols and processes in the midst of everything just while you're trying to figure it out. So it was definitely, it was definitely tough. But you weather through those storms. And I think in the midst of it, what I like about it is like, okay, once you figure out how to do one thing, now you know. And whenever it happens again, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And I think that's how I approach business every day now. You're walking into a new challenge and you may not know what you're doing the first time, but you just get through it. And then you could put that in your back pocket. And you just got that much smarter. You got that much more skilled. I can't imagine having to, you know, one to go through COVID and running a school and especially when it's essential. So you have to stay open and you're trying to figure out protocols on the fly. Like we all remember those early days of COVID where just new information every single day, every single week in terms of how you're supposed to, you know, keep yourself safe, keep others safe, but also now dealing with such young children and how's this going to affect them. But also your situation is so unique too, because a lot of their parents are also on the medical side of the CDC. So I'm sure there's a lot of opinions coming at you of what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it how do you balance what you all feel is right versus you know what these parents are probably telling you i'm sure some of them are saying contradictory things so yeah how do you work through that yeah i think what they well you 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 hit it um so we had to you know we have we have a lot of cdc parents and we value we, we do value their opinion but i think it's it's just it's creating a balance we were very specific that we have to abide by you know what our board of health is telling us to do and you know what's necessary and because we have to go by those guidelines i just i think being transparent is what is what helped us you know you have the cdc you have literally parents on the cdc calling you and saying well you know I work there, so I know I'm the one creating rules, sending it to the board yeah. of health that you're listening to. Right. So it's a lot of, it's just balance. It's balance. It's, you know, transparent, being, you know, making sure you're communicating as much as possible and really just letting everyone know, like, listen, we are all a team. I, you right. I'm listening and I respect your opinion obviously, because you're in the trenches, but we are too. So, you know, we want to make sure we are following the codes that's going to keep us open for you. Yeah. And then I'll maybe add to that. Uh, I remember those moments specifically. So at the beginning, so we literally took over uh, in December of 2021. And up until then, the school had no cases. We take over, school opens back up um, January of 2022. And that first week, we literally get the school's very first COVID case. They had gone a whole year and some change without one. So we get our first one and it's our first week. And, you know, we're in transition and we're the new owners, et cetera. So the parents not only were coming at us with a bunch of recommendations, like you mentioned, but they're also like, hey, you're these new owners. Do you know what you're doing? Because we definitely know what we're doing. So I think at the beginning we gave a lot. So they wanted yeah. these specific masks, right? Not your generic ones you can buy. They wanted the official ones. And then they wanted us to get the kids safe ones. And then they wanted our, our teachers to wear these certain type of masks. And they wanted us to get like some COVID type of spray and a different air. I mean, it was a lot. So at the beginning, we gave, let's say, into the first request and the second and third. And at some point, uh, like uh, Cecily was saying, we had to look at our team and say, hey, we know what we're doing, too. And, you know, kind of find that balance. And then it just became, uh, you know, we're, we're going to take it from here. We appreciate your advice. And, you know, the parents got on board and they supported us. But yeah. it definitely was a balancing act at first. Oh, yeah, that, that that sounds like a lot to manage. But clearly, you all you know made it through. You, you're all, you know very successful now. And we'll, we'll get to some more of that shortly. But also, like I know, Cecily, you, you come from more of the 
um, marketing side of things. I know, Najee, we were talking before with the real estate. And now even thinking through about, you know, wow, you didn't have any cases. Now you just jumped in. All of a sudden, now there's cases. Now they're probably questioning, like you're saying, like, do you guys know what you're doing? Did you all question yourselves, too, of like, oh, you know, was this the right thing? Am I the right person for this? Do I know enough? I guess that imposter syndrome, did that creep in at all for you all at any point in this journey? Every day, and it still does. <laughs> and let me let me start. So I'm looking at it from a business perspective. And I'm like, oh my gosh, baby, you know, we can financially, I believe it, that we can financially do some amazing things. And she's like, yes, Najee, but you're dealing with parents and their children. You know, this is a lot. So I think those first couple of weeks really made us look like, whoa, did you know, did we make the right decision? But again, we've kind of persevered and, um, you know, we kind of got through it. And now those same parents, you know, they love us. We do a lot of parent engagement and parent involvement. So I think that sometimes you have to go through those challenges together to see how strong you are on the other side. Yeah. And I would say one yeah, that's a great about, way to yeah, one thing about running a, a business is that it's really, I've, I've heard this many times, but until now I'm experiencing it, is running a business is just like having a child. It is a baby. And you are always going to have situations that hit you that you're unaware of, especially when it comes to dealing with a school. So, I mean, I think now we're definitely set in as far as like, yep, we're doing this. But yeah, I mean, there are some, there are definitely challenging days when you walk in and you leave out of the building like, what am I doing? I don't, I don't, I don't know why I did this. I don't know what I'm doing. Let me just like, let's just, you know, you want to have that idea of you want to throw in the towel. Um, but then that's when you take your breaks, you know, if you just have to say, okay, if you don't. And another thing I think is important to know is that it's okay to not have all the answers. I think one of the things that I have learned um, I learned it from Najee and I learned it. I, you know, you learned it while you're working is it's okay to let your staff know that you don't have the answer right now. Uh, a lot of times there are some situations where it's like, okay, well, I have to answer right away. You have to make those judgment calls and they may not be the most popular. I've had to deal with that. That's, that's really, really challenging. And then you have those other instances where it's like, okay, you know what, let's just, put a pause on this. I want to make the best decision, but I don't have the best decision right now. So, you know, let me go back and do some research to make sure, you know, not always rushing yourself because you always want to make the best decision. You know, Najik has a philosophy where it's like, he doesn't, you know, I'm not going to make a decision unless I've thought about it for three days. So, you know, we do different things like that. You kind of, you just, as you progress in business, you learn. And it's, it, I feel like this is the best way to become a successful entrepreneur. By That's an excellent point. Yeah. And I, I think people respect that too. When you, when I, I can actually see it from the opposite end where sometimes, yes, if you're constantly just acting like you have all the answers, now people are like, okay, maybe they're just, you know, they're just talking out of their ass. They're just saying whatever they need to say to get to the next moment. But, you know, when you take that step back and say, hey, I'm going to get an answer for you, but I need three days if, if that's the process. But, mm -hmm. you know, they know that you're thinking it through. You're giving it real thought and actually thinking about the long term ramifications instead of how do I pacify this situation in the moment? I think people give a lot of respect for that kind of way of you know handling your business. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's again right now it's working for us. Who's to say that some, that that won't change? Or you know, again, we get things. Where, hey, I, I need this answer right away. I don't have three days, and you just have to be decisive and make the best decision. And sometimes it's not popular, but it comes with the territory. It, it's what makes you better. It's what 
entrepreneur is not for the faint at heart. Well, you mentioned staffing too a second ago, and like, has it been? You know, have there ever been any challenges trying to retain? You know, good qualified, you know, people who are working with you, and or trying to find people to bring into the business because also it's a very unique kind of school. So you need the right kind of people who know how to manage this kind of uh, work and the kind of load that's going to be on them, and also what they're trying to do with the kids. Yeah. <clears throat> so as we were embarking on our journey to become owners of this Montessori school. I was able to assess the, you know, kind of landscape of the world that we were in at that time. And, and you know, as we know, uh, people just weren't uh, working or at least they didn't want to. So I told Cecily going into it, our very best skill, the thing that we're going to have to get the, the, the best at is hiring and retaining staff. It's going to be our human capital. And we were lucky when we took over Decatur Montessori School, about half of our teachers have been there for over 13 years, with our longest tenure teacher being there 23 years. So we were able to retain all of them. And, you know, we make sure we do a lot of, uh, you know, great things to, to keep them happy. And, and maybe Cecily elaborate on that because that's kind of what she spearhead. But as far as bringing um new teachers in. And like you said, it's Montessori. So you can't just be, you know, a daycare teacher or, you know, someone from a different industry. Montessori is a philosophy. It's a way of thinking. I always tell people like it's a complete, you know, 180 from anything that you could have thought of before. So finding the right staff is not only the challenge, but then also finding people that want to work or, you know, once we get them in, making them want to stay because, uh, you know, it's not it's not easy. You have to kind of adjust to Montessori. But uh, you also have to want to work, you know, and it's a physical in-person thing, as we know, a lot of people want to work from home. So uh, that was a challenge at the beginning. And to be honest, it is still a challenge that we are (laughs) dealing with today. Um, But like Cecily said, uh, we've learned from our very first hire, you know, to today and we're getting a little bit better at it. So now we have certain criteria of people that we look for. You know, we want to make sure you meet this, this and this before we even uh, present an offer to you. Like Nandu said, even... We have to fail fast, even when it comes to, you know, retention and keeping our employees happy, keeping them on staff. And, you know, sometimes we have employees that, you know, are just not um, the best fit for our school. So it's an entrepreneur struggle. Speaking speaking of struggles, and maybe a lot of this is more of the positive side than the struggle, but what is it like running a business with your, you know, your husband, with your wife, but also you have a kid too. And so like, yeah, what is it like being a, being parents and also being married with the person you're doing business with, your business partner? Yeah, we have, we have three kids. So it's... Oh my goodness. So yeah, you... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have three kids. And, um, you know, I would say one... Me and Najee uh, have a really strong foundation. We've been building it for years. And it, when it comes to our relationship, I think the first major foundation we started on was communication and honesty. And because of that, uh, it's it's going surprisingly really well. We spend a lot of time together. You know, we were already spending a lot of time together during COVID, but we was like, all right, well, let's just let's just run a business. This is going fine. And now we spend even more time together. <laughs> but um, we are really avid communicators, um, even when it hurts and making sure that uh, we understand that, hey, this is a business. Um, so we have to not be so emotional. And I think that's something that I have to work on. I still do. I think as far as having kids. Our kids 
understand who their parents are, especially their dad. He's very driven and he lets them know and they understand that. I think um, a lot of times, especially my daughter, you know, she mentions, oh, my gosh, you guys, you're always working, you're always working. So mm-hmm. we do have to make sure we are setting aside time for our kids as well. Yeah. And then I'll kind of add that um, I would say running a business uh, with uh, my wife, Cecily, is great. I mean, because she is truly <laughs> like my best friend. And um, we always had like a great connection with our communication and even sharing ideals. And now because we spend so much time together, we're able we're even able to finish each other's sentence, which I think is fair. There's other people that can do it. But now we got this new thing where we think the same thing at the same time. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I don't even have to say anything. I'll just kind of like point or, you know, say the first word. And she was like, that's exactly what I was thinking. So it's crazy. I mean, that's something new. I think that's yeah. just happened maybe within the last year. I, and I would say, surprisingly, if we have any struggle, our, our probably biggest struggle is actually talking too much. Oh. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Morning. Yeah, we'll wake up in the morning. We're talking business or growth, and then we're taking the kids to school. And we we spend a, a good amount of time with our kids. But but even when we're you know around them, we're talking business, and it's got what I would say so great that even the kids are kind of a part of the business. My it's uh, funny. My son had a project maybe a week ago at school, and they were just asking about future goals and what he wants to be. And uh, he said he wants to own a Montessori school. And he wow. said that he wants to, you know, work in the family business. So I think that it's really cool that uh, we make it, you know, one holistic thing versus, you know, business over here, relationship here, and then, you know, family time here. We kind of all bring it together. So and another thing oh. that's funny is my daughter is actually asking to work at the school during this the summer. summer yeah. Oh, well, how and how old is she? She's only nine. <laughs> <laughs> Starting them early. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, I, but I think it's also the really intriguing thing, just, you know, because you're running a Montessori school, you know, a lot of the the mission behind that is exactly the mission and, and the lifestyle that you're leading in your house. You know, so you're imparting some of the same uh, tactics that you're doing within the school of exposing them to running a business and, and feeling like they have a say and or, you know, have some kind of future within this and, and to be empowered within all of it. So I think that one, it's interesting, but two, it's, it's wow, it must be a really unique way to grow up. I can't wait to interview them one day <laughs> as, to, <laughs> as to how all this really shaped them and their, their creative and uh, entrepreneurial outlet. Yes. yes, absolutely. They have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> Do you ever get concerned that maybe it's like, OK, like I want you still to be kids and not, you know, not just be, you know, thinking about what you know, what work is going to be? Oh, geez. Not, I'll go first. Not dad. Uh-uh. I'm like, this oh. is the family business and you all are growing it. I've I've kind of groomed them. And I think uh, one maybe case study that we've been looking at is uh, LVMH or Louis, Louis Vuitton at Hennessy. He runs a family business and he has five or six kids and they're all kind of a part of that business, too. So but we look at it from a different approach. It's not like, hey, children, you all have to grow up and work. It's more of, you know, hey, children, we're going to build this. You know, I'm going to call it empire or conglomerate or we like to say the house of Owens. We're going to build this house. And now once you become young adults, you're not out there looking for a job and begging someone, you know, for a salary or trying to, you know, get something. They may go off and work, which we think is good because they'll acquire other skills. But your long term goal is to take this family's portfolio and then grow it. And 
and we talk about that now, like their kids, you know, you are going to want one day have kids and do, you know, do you want them to kind of struggle like most people do where they're, you know, maybe only have a high school diploma or even a college degree, but they still cannot find a good job or they cannot find their passion. And I was telling them like coming to be a part of family business isn't just working in schools, you know, you can branch out and do whatever you want, but we want you to think of it from an ownership perspective. Nice. So you may want to go do, you know, sports or whatever it may be, but think of acquisition, acquire it, bring it into the portfolio, and then you can only leverage it. You know, if we were to grow this thing to as big as we want, which I won't get too audacious here, but for small numbers, let's say we were to grow it to like a hundred billion dollars, right? Mm-hmm. They can small le- numbers. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> They get to leverage that portfolio, you know, when they're going to the bank or when they're looking to expand and it'll make it a little easier for whatever they want to do. So we always try to position it from a positive perspective and not so much work, more of a passion, because that's kind of what we found here in education. We would love to spread the Montessori philosophy, you know, through education to everyone, because we truly know that it's amazing. Just to list, you know, some of the people that have went through Montessori is Jeff Bezos, the CEO of Amazon. Both of the Google founders are Montessorians. Beyonce. Uh, Beyonce is a Montessorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, P. Diddy is one as well. P. Diddy. Yeah. And then Steph Curry is a Montessori in himself. And his mother still owns their Montessori to this day. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we can go on and on about some great people that went through the philosophy. But, you know, this is just a, a small piece of it. We've got uh, plenty more things that we want to do. Yeah. he—he he, That's his philosophy okay, yeah your take on it <laughs> I think- <laughs> hundred billion dollars you know just a little bit of money <laughs> you know, i think that's something that um again my husband is very very audacious goes and i i love it because again i think i'm blessed when i was growing up i had those same goals but i wasn't as action oriented as my husband was so it was really a a really great match. You know, I had the dreams, but he was an action person. So, um, you know, I was like, oh, I have dreams to be a millionaire and be a star and things like that. And he's like, well, how are you going to get there? You know, and so he was the one that started to push me out. But when it comes to our kids, you know, my daughter loves performing arts and, you know, we support that. My, my kids are in basketball and football. They love sports. So, you know, I'm the big encourager of of what they're doing. And my husband's like, well, that's great, but you got to bring it to the house of Owens. So, (laughs) (laughs) so I think uh, eventually, you know, I'm on board and we all got on board. It's like, you know, they're just similar to, you know, we, um, we really love the model of LVMH and you know, how there's not just one. So it's like Najee was saying, it's not just schools. Um, but you know, Hey, I would love to still get into fashion one day. You know, he would love, we want to get into real estate. You know, there's plenty of things that you can do, The sky's the limit, you know? And I think that's ultimately what we're teaching our kids. Yeah. And it sounds like between the two of you offer a great balance for them. Uh, so no, that, that sounds great. And yeah, tell me, tell me more about the, the wins, obviously with the Decatur Montessori school, but also the house of Owens, you know, tell me some of the great things that are going well for you all right now. Yeah. So, I mean, I would start with uh, Decatur Montessori. We have been able to increase um, our revenue there 
uh, 40% within the first year, which was amazing. Uh, and we were able to do that because when we took over, enrollment was kind of low and there was one classroom that wasn't open. So we've been able to open up that classroom and get a great uh, lead Montessori teacher in there, an assistant, and then kind of boost enrollment. And we've been doing that through marketing. Uh, the previous owners didn't do much marketing. Oh, uh, we're actually under a contract and we can't get too specific to acquire another Montessori school. So that would be number two. Yes. Within, you know, maybe a year, year and a half. So I think that that's uh, pretty good. And we have um, some real estate development projects around the Atlanta area. Uh, some of them we're doing ourselves, and then some of them we're doing kind of like a JV and partnering um, with uh, other individuals. So right now, that's kind of the portfolio. We just want to focus on those those two. I think our third component that we're working on is, is the media space. We want to do a mixture of uh, us on the camera, but we'd also love to acquire, you know, a media asset that has cash flow. Because again, we don't like to start businesses; we like to acquire them. Nice. The House of Owens is growing quickly. Yes. <laughs> yes, we hope. Well, we have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> well, wonderful. This has been an amazing conversation. Like I said, you you two complement each other so well. Like the balance that you all provide for each other, for your kids, for the school. It sounds like again, like you guys are getting success quickly, but it's because of you know how you all are able to to you know really just support each other and support the business and. You know, it's not always easy to, to work with someone that you're living with, that you're raising kids with. But it sounds like you all figured out like the right kind of formula that works for you all. And, you know, hopefully there's things that others take away from this conversation to help them if they're in that kind of similar situation. Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a it's a journey, but it's a good one. And it's if you're, you know, similar to Montessori, we're lifelong learners. And that's why we're able to be where we're at today. Thank you, Cecily and Najee Owens, for joining us on Entrepreneur Struggle. And thank you for listening. You can learn more about the Decatur Montessori School by going to our show notes, which is also where you can get more information on how to stay up to date on everything entrepreneurs struggle. We're now doing monthly live events, so make sure you're following me on LinkedIn to learn more. Thank you to my producers, Heather Johnson, Brittany Temple, and Mike DuBose. Thank you for the support from the LinkedIn Podcast Academy. And until next episode, stay safe and healthy because the struggle is real. Mm-hmm.